The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me from, I believe, Beverly Hills, California, amazingly, <laughs> Michelle Yu. Michelle, what are you doing in Beverly Hills? <laughs> I actually came down here to have lunch today. Ooh, with who? Um, Is this like a secret lunch? No, it's not a secret lunch. With uh, my good friend Jennifer and Tony Alivato. Oh, how's Tony Alivato doing? He was good. So we ate at a little ramen place. I wish you would have told me because you could have asked him the story about when he blackballed me on TVG. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great story. He, uh, he, I was in a meeting one time with, um, Amy Zimmerman and, um, we were just like literally talking. I don't even remember what we were talking about. And apparently some word got back to Tony that I said something negative in the meeting, which by the way, I didn't do. Um, but even if I had, what, all right, big deal. Um, and he literally, I wasn't allowed to be on TVG for like, it was like almost two years. I remember that you were not allowed to, you were on the yeah. no interview yeah. list. Yeah, and I, w- so finally I went up to Christina, I said, Christina Blacker, or Oliveris at the time, and I was like, what, what's going on here? Like, this is weird. Like, we have a horse that's like three to five, gonna win, you guys would usually do like a cool interview, we'd have fun, and she's like, yeah, you're on the no-fly zone, you, you can't be interviewed, and I was like, Why? <laughs> She's like, I don't know. Tony, Tony said you can't be interviewed. And I was like, uh, okay. why don't you have Tony come talk to me? So it's a Friday night. I'll never forget. And he comes up to me and he starts <laughs> and he tells me this story. And I'm like, Tony, like none of this happened. I don't even know what you're talking about. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. Like all you do is ask me. Like I, this is all just like fiction. I don't know what you heard. Or, right. Like it was honestly, there hearsay, was nothing. Hearsay. Yeah, there was nothing said. I, I, I still to this day, I'll take it to my grave. There was nothing negative said. Nothing weird. I don't know. And he looked at me and he goes, "Okay, you're off the no fly zone." And I was like, <laughs> "Why didn't you just talk to me before?" Anyway. I digress. We have a great show, can Bruce. Say, can I say the yes. person that interviews you? I always appreciate your interviews because, like, obviously you're enthusiastic and positive, but you always give some good insight, whether it be positive or negative. Like, oh, my horse, you know, might, might need this to race. Or or, yeah, yeah. I and think you have to. I like it. Yes, and I like it because you it's you don't always just say the same thing, right? It's not like oh, I'm gonna talk to Bill and he's gonna tell me A, B, C, and it's done. Like it's very tailored to the horse and you guys always have a lot of partners with you and they're willing to come up. I love yeah. it. I think it's great. Well, I appreciate it. But uh, we have a great show. Bruce Lunsford is joining us. You've How ever heard... cool is that? Yeah. He uh, uh, he owns Shout this little horse name. Steve Bick for the assist. Steve Bick with the assist. Uh, art collector uh, who won the $3 million Pegasus World Cup over the weekend. Uh, just a huge day of racing uh, coast to coast, but really – Pegasus Day at uh, Gulfstream stole the show this weekend. We'll get to Bruce in just a couple of minutes as soon as Michelle gives us her three things of note. Michelle. Billy, that was such a great segue. The first of the three things of note was certainly Pegasus Weekend at Gulfstream, like you mentioned. I thought overall it was such a great day. It was 13 races highlighted by the three Pegasus races, the Pegasus World Cup, the World Cup Turf, and the World Cup Phillies and Mare Turf. Um, overall, I thought that the races were fun. There was great gambling to be had all day. And I was terrible, by the way. Were you? I think I had my worst no gambling way. day in history. Yeah, yeah, awful. Oh my gosh, awful. I did really, really good. I think good the only you. horse that like screwed me was obligatory. Oh, me too. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I made a big bet on seven. Her. I used the seven in there also, so like it saved me. But if obligatory had won, I would have had like some pick fours and stuff that I had single there. Right. Yeah. And they still, yeah. I read an article yesterday that they said, uh, we're sure we're not sure exactly what happened. And I wanted to comment on the article and say, yeah, I, yeah, it is. Uh, we bet on her. 
<laughs> at three to five. Just don't bet on horses that are three to five. Don't you remember stupid. the poem that I wrote you about gambling? I don't remember it, but it was funny. <laughs> um, here's um, the thing, though. So that was certainly. The what was one. the what was the vibe at um, Gulfstream? It, what, was it like fun? Was it cool? Was it hip? Was it a lot of people? Okay, like, what was the so? I was in two different areas, right? So the first couple of races, I was on the simulcast. And so for that, I was panicked to trackside. Um, I thought that particular contingent of people had a really good, like, working man vibe. It was the people that come to the track and they like to see the horses and yada, 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 right? Like racetrack people, but a lot of them. Um, And then for the rest of the day, I was over in the carousel club helping out. And that was a complete... 180 from our like run-of-the-mill people this was a whole bunch of people that literally came to like have the party and they were going nuts they were having such a great time oh that's good um it was really cool i did i was helping people like wager and whatnot and it was insane because they're like standing in line to wager and i'm like uh let's let's play you know this race and the lines were taking a long time because there was a lot of people to bet the race would be going off and i'm like oh sorry you know let's get to the next race and they're like yes the next race like they didn't even care they just wanted to keep right. betting they didn't care what race they were betting on <laughs> nothing they're That's just awesome. like like old school degenerates except they were all like young and just wanting to get into it That's very and the cool. vibe on that side was cool right it was people were dressed up everyone was decked out in chanel they were wearing like amazing outfits everyone was having fun it was like a really cool um like it had that miami atmosphere to it but everyone was like friendly like you're standing next to them at the bar and you're chatting with them um and it still felt like exclusive it was a really good heady mix i would say if i had one drawback for there you couldn't hear the race call so like I was like, oh, it's post time. And I'd like go to watch the race and there was no race call in there because they had like a band and music, which is Oh, right. Really so terrible. you couldn't really hear it was going. Yeah. I got it. yeah. So like I had to like walk outside because I cared. You know, they of were course. Just, honestly, they just turned and were screaming at the TV. So I don't think that most people cared, but right. I cared. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I shouldn't say gonna. I hate gonna. Um, I say gonna all the time. I know you do. Gonna wanna. I'm going to go, I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go backwards because I just want to give some people credit. Obviously, our collector, Bruce Lunsford, who's going to be on our show, he actually bred the horse. Uh, We're going to find out about all of that in just a couple of seconds. Uh, He won the Pegasus for uh, Bill Mott and uh, ridden by Junior Alvarado. The race before that was uh, an amazing effort from uh, Atone uh, from Three Diamonds Farm, Mike Maker, and Irad Ortiz. Uh, bet down late to like seven to two. I think it was like eight to one when I looked yeah, up, I and he was, was seven like to two. To one Took a to lot like of late money. Yeah. yeah. So congratulations to uh, and and Mike Maker had a huge day by the way in the um in the Philly Ameriturf Queen Goddess took her Southern California farm. Oh, uh, form. amazing is she? She, she was, was my single on the day. Though, she was so awesome. I, was I so didn't like her at all, her. and she crushed for Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners and Gary Barber, uh, trained by. Wait, our, wait, coming off her effort in in, in Santa Anita. I just thought she. I didn't think. She beat anybody. She had slow numbers. Did not like her, and she kicked our ass. So there you go. Oh my gosh, I loved her. I did love endorse like Luis Luis Saez, Mike Maker, Mark Breen, yeah, the winner of the Fred Hooper Stakes. And How then, do you not like endorse when they tried to get him in the Pegasus? I loved endorse. Like, no, no, no. I, know. I, I'm, I loved I'm endorse. Saying, like, how do people not like? It's crazy. Yeah, even to make matters worse, we had a big exacta endorsed to Dean Delivers, who was nosed out for second, and we thought he was second. Oh, that stinks. That that was bad. Uh, Red Knight got back to his winning ways in the William McKnight. He is owned by Trinity Farm, who is also the breeder. Mike Maker trains. I mean, just a monster day. Um, There's the Mary Mary Quite Contrary, or Mary Quite Contrary. Mary Quite Contrary. Yeah, the R.G. Lundock, owner and breeder of Mary Quite Contrary. Uh, just a big day overall, a lot of fun. There were some big, uh, big races at Santa Anita. Michelle, did you want to like just browse through those, or should we just, should we just? Well, I wasn't there. Those? Yeah, you weren't there. So you can browse through them. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody listening to the show really care what happened at Santa Anita last okay. weekend, or were they lo- well, all we watching all the Pegasus? We love Santa Anita. No, no, no. I we love. I'm just saying it wasn't like it wasn't like the focus. Well, right. I mean, we could talk about the San Pasquale Grade Two. Do you know who won that? Uh, oh, your horse won that. Shamu. Shamu won that. <laughs> I totally forgot. See, I wasn't there. So, you know, it's hard when you're not there watching the race to, like, think about what days those were. 
Yeah, David Burnson, uh, Rockingham Ranch. We own a very small percentage. Uh, we are a min- minority interest in Newgrange, who fulfilled the motto. White nose. Well, it is funny because if you see this horse, he is an wait, absolute. Wait, wait, wait! I want to say this. Yep. Hold on. You said I own a very small part, but you own enough that it's your silks. I. You know what's funny? He doesn't normally run in our silks, and I called right. Gary Hartunian that week, and I said, "Hey." We don't have a lot of these opportunities. Do you think he could run our silks? He said, absolutely. That was so nice. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Gary Hartunian because he gets, gives, he, you know, people give him a hard time. Um, he is, he's kooky. I like him. He's a little crazy. He, he would be the first to admit that, but I'm going to tell you something. We were, we had a huge crowd out there because Newgrange is part of one of our funds, FUND. It's a, it was our 20, okay. 2022 SoCal fund. We had a huge group. And everybody was so excited. And when we got in the winter circle, I made sure everything was organized. And I saved a spot right in the front for Gary Hartunian. And he comes up and I'm like, Gary, stand here, you know, take take your picture. You know, I, I really make sure that everybody's taken care of. That's my goal. Right. And he said, absolutely not. And he went up and around the back and he just stood with all the people. Oh. And And then even better he grabbed the saddle towel and gave it to one of our partners who had just had hip surgery and literally like crawled down to the winter circle oh my gosh how amazing it is was that? the i mean people just don't do that in this game so right. credit to gary hartunian really appreciate it um that makes memories right there by it the really way. does it really does and it like it, if that i mean i'm not i don't know when your partner was but like say he was a first time partner it was a she He's melinda a percent melinda oh. brown She's for sure buying more because oh, of she loved that, it. You know no, I mean? she was, that interaction. It was very generous of Gary. We really appreciate it. And hopefully uh, there's some talk about Newgrange going overseas, but um, we're, we're hoping he stays and runs in the uh, big cap. Big cap. Yeah. Very well, cool. Oh, I love Shamu. He's very cute. Yeah. If you need to see, if you want to see a cool looking horse, go see Newgrange. He looks like, we yeah. call him Shamu because he just definitely, he looks like a killer whale and he kind of acts like one, one too, so. Anyway, oh, congratulations. Does he have a stuffed animal that he likes to play with? He does. He has stuffed animals yeah. that he destroys, and uh, Julie Witt is, uh, has a great time with him. <laughs> so, um, also, okay, yeah. so then I, point number two, I think, should be the Southwest Stakes, right? Yes. Who won that? So, a guy named, what was his name? Uh, Buffert. <laughs> I love when you do that. Bob Buffert. Uh, yes, Bob Arabian... Buffert. Knight. Knight. I, there's Arabian yeah. Lion and Arabian Knight. I get them confused. Yeah. Arabian Knight was very impressive. Johnny V. Um, you know, Baffert flew there to watch the race. It's going to be interesting. There's an article in the Racing Forum today about how the Baffert influence on the church, on the Kentucky Derby, which he's not allowed to run in. So it's going to be uh, very, so very got, interesting. He's got like a court thing, right? So yes. do you think they're they think that they're going to win? Is that why they haven't transferred horses yet? I, I, Michelle, I wish I knew. I can't tell you. I don't know. Right. Um, I know they're trying their best to uh, get some kind of injunction to let let Baffert train these horses. So we'll see okay. what happens. So my my question to you is: yeah. all I heard about people talking about was how it was American Pharaoh esque. Do you feel like, in your opinion? that he is reminiscent of American Pharaoh when he won at Oakland. I would say he I don't think he's reminis I, I listen, you're talking about American Pharaoh and as far as right. I'm concerned, if you if you saw I saw American Pharaoh breeze a lot of times and he was an amazing mover. Yeah, he was probably crazy how it's like every time Baffert gets yeah, divorced, people I, are like, Oh, it's the next Pharaoh, he, it's the next justify. He like, could be. He could be. I he's not there yet. I mean, he's won two races. He's got to do a lot right. more. I mean, American Pharaoh went there and won in the slop. I think it was the Arkansas Derby. So this is the Southwest. Yeah. There's a big difference. Now, two months from now, we might be saying, yeah, wow, you know, he looks just like American Pharaoh. I, does, he, does he remind me a little bit? Sure. Well, you know, front runner, really fast, finished, mm-hmm. you know, but good all mover. But all the are fast. Right. Do that. I, it's, it's hard to tell. Let's, let's, let's hold off on the uh, – on that kind of stuff, right. those I just don't feel like, why do we have to keep comparing him? Why can't you just say, wow, he ran really good in a challenging circumstance? Because that's like, what people do. Horse. That's what people do. And that's the fun oh. in it. That's the fun in it. That's okay. Let him do it. I didn't know don't, it was fun. My frustrated. bad. I hate to kill fun. What's point okay. three? Oh, I'm going to kill fun point, in a minute. 
<laughs> Point three is that the Tattersall sales are coming up uh, in February, and a huge contingent of the horses that race in Southern California are Euro imports. Mm-hmm. And so if you are listening out there and you're thinking like, gosh, where do these guys keep finding these horses? Where does D'Amato get all these grass horses? And <clears throat> one of the places is Tats. So highly are you recommend. Going? I'm not going, but Maybe I have I'll the catalog go. looked at. They, You know what? Their catalogs are so different than our catalogs. They definitely take a little bit of acclimating. I'm going to check it out. See. But they do have some cool things in there. And I like the fact that a lot of the horses have like photos and walk videos and everything. Right. I'm going to um, check it so out. So that's cool. Okay. I want to know. Okay. When you go over, can you ask a question? Why do they bring them in with like the surcingle and the blanket? <laughs> oh, uh, I know that answer actually. It's okay. Tell me. I have no idea. I didn't even know what a surcingle. I didn't even know what you said. To be honest with you, what'd you say? Oh, it's a, a surcingle. Sur- what's a, a surcingle? That's like the thing that goes around their belly. Oh, that's a surcingle. A surcingle. Shows yeah. you what I know. I want to bring something up really quickly because I know there's people listening. Uh, in fact, I got several texts today about what happened at the CTBA sale last yesterday. And Michelle, you can be quiet because I know you're not going to want to talk about this. But there was a, a problem with the bidding. And uh, I know you and your group were trying to bid on a horse. The bid was not accepted for whatever reason. Uh, one of the uh, women who you work with, who's a very good bloodstock agent, uh, apparently was called Sugar. And she was told to bye-bye by the, uh, by the um, guy who was taking the bid, the bid spotter. And I just want to say that it's very upsetting. And you read a, read a lot about this on social media. And if you're listening out there... Uh, this is not the way it should be. I want to stick up for my partner, Michelle. I have several eyewitnesses that have called me and told me that it was one of the strangest things they've ever seen. And I hope that, uh, you get to the bottom of it. And I hope that, uh, something is done to prevent this happening again. Thank you, Billy. I appreciate it. No problem. That's enough of that. That's enough of that. On to okay. Bruce. All right. Let's get to, uh, Bruce Lunsford. We'll, we're going to have one quick break and we'll come right back with Bruce. Play the first coast-to-coast pick five featuring a sequence from Gulfstream Park in Florida and Santa Anita Park in California every Saturday and Sunday. The minimum is only a dollar and has a player-friendly 15% takeout. Players can bet on track or online, usually listed as a separate track in your ADW. Just look for coast-to-coast pick five. If you play on first bet or express bet, get a free That's right, free $10 bet on the Coast to Coast Pick 5 on select days. To participate, don't forget to register for the promotion, get the Pick 5 sequence, expert analysis, and free past performances, and more at www.inthemoneypodcast.com forward slash coast. All right, welcome back here on the Owner's Box. Very, very special guest, Bruce Lunsford is joining us today, the uh, recent, the owner of Pegasus World Cup winner, art collector. Bruce, are you still flying high? Uh, yeah, pretty high, actually. I mean, it, when it all, you love it when it all comes together. And, you know, uh, you know we, had, we had the whole thing with the jocks and trying to decide what to do. And, and Bill, uh, you know, Bill had a good idea. You know, he didn't think that we needed to be in front. And that was easy to win me over on because we'd won a couple of nice races coming from out of it. But it just sort of fell together. You know, Louis likes running to the lead, and that's okay because yeah. he's, he's one of my favorites. But uh, we never really got a chance to see what he would do just sitting back off of it. It was like a different experience, <laughs> like, almost like a different racehorse. Well, it was it was amazing to watch, and uh, I'm actually a big fan of Art Collector. Michelle, I think you like Art Collector, too. You've liked him throughout the years. But, but Bruce, let's go back in time. Before we talk about the Pegasus, and yeah. trust us, we want to talk about it. Tell us a little bit about your introduction to horse ownership, how you got into the game. We know you've had some amazing, successful horses like for Samurai, Madcap Escapade, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but just give us like your start and, and the story behind Bruce Lunsford. Well, you know, I went to school at the University of Kentucky uh, and I was, a, I was just a farm boy. You know, I was a farm boy. We, I, you know, I raised tobacco and hay and everything else when fed cattle for my dad and kind of, kind of ran the farm from the time I was 13 on. Oh, wow. And, um, and as a result, uh, you know, I learned a lot about the give and take of, of uh, farming agriculture and things like that and uh i think there's a lot of crisscross in all all the different farming capabilities uh, i didn't do a lot of didn't do a lot of crop uh, crop stuff but i did a lot of other things and um you know you, you learn to make a living the hard way you know one year it's crops down 
climate's bad the next year you get a boom year and it's a little bit like uh it's a little bit like what's happened to the economy here you know it's up and down sure everybody's scared to death one day and the next they're saying well we're going to get through this it's transitory you know i've been living a transitory life for a long time it doesn't really bother me as long as i got some idea where i'm going you know? <laughs> and, uh, i hear you so so but but the, the really what what happened to me is i went to school at university of kentucky never really been to a even though I grew up around River Downs, and you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but you know, Mick Cronin's dad was was uh, worked at Turfway Park many years ago. Did not and know Mick's that. Per- Dick's do- Mick's doing pretty well out there, and he's, his brother is a handicapper, I think, in yes. Lexington. Yes, he is. So, and and I like Mick a lot. Um, and I, yeah, we spent know, I some to- we spent some time the summer at Del Mar. He enjoyed the veranda. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he he's really a good guy. He's first class. You get what you get from him is a guy who works hard every day, and I, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of love for that kind of guy. Yep. I'm not much into in looking at sports guys who sell themselves um, and give you a false line. I like the guys. That's why I like Bill Mott so much. Sure. Bill Mott's, you know, he he works hard, gives you everything he's got, and it's been fun. But anyway, going back, you got to get got to get somewhere if you're going to change direction in your career or anything else. You got to find some mentors. And I found some good ones. You know, I went to, I went to college with uh, a friend who's been my best friend since. Was at the race with me Saturday. His dad was in the horse business, raced at Ellis Park and all the, all the smaller tracks. Uh, you know, he was an owner, car dealer, all the interesting things in life. And um, you know, we we've been to many races together over the years, and I've gone through up and down on my business world at times and dealt with it. But the overall. You know, the horse business has been pretty good to me because I learned a lot from the farming days, not to get too far into going one way. And uh, I think I think it's been helpful to me. It's I think it still is today. And as you'll see, I've changed my direction a few times. But <clears throat> the big thing for me is, has really been, one, I'm, I'm an optimist. I'm always an optimist. I always believe it'll work out. And I'll take some chances every now and then that you wouldn't think I would take normally, but They've worked out okay. And I, I think the horse business is great for a guy like that. Yes, uh, yes. You, you are speaking to two eternal optimists, so we all get along on this phone call. Bruce Lunsford joining us here on the Owner's Box. Let's talk a little bit about that. So when you first get in the game and you first uh, uh, take this venture, I assume you had been going to the races, you're at the University of Kentucky, whatever happens with your business that allows you to maybe afford a racehorse. Talk about that first time when you, when you dipped your toe in. Well, I'll tell you, I'll give you two stories, one at UK that, that's pretty appropriate. Um, I had a, uh, I, I loved the game. You know, I'd go to the races, and I was at Keeneland the day that, that Grostark got beat by Abe's Hope. And okay. that was an unbelievable experience because Grostark was an incredible animal. And he broke on top, out of the gate, by about three lengths and just kept extending it to the back backside. And he looked like he was going to win win the race by 15, 20 links, and probably would have led to the to the smallest crowd ever in the Derby. Then what happened was he just started slowing down, <laughs> and Abe's hope kept coming at him. And when they hit the stretch, he came up to him, and and all of a sudden Grostark got a second win and started running again. And from the top of the stretch to the finish line, they were neck and neck, head to head. And in the end, you know, he barely lost to Abe's hope, and then he could barely walk after the race because he had done something to his either right or left leg. I can't remember now, but it was career-ending. Okay. And uh, I never got, I never could believe how much heart he had. I mean, it's unbelievable to watch it. And so, um, and I'm, and I kind of adopt that in my own personal life. I, you know, if you think you can win, until somebody convinces you. You know, with a bullet in the head, you might as well keep trying. And I, I think that's, I think that's what really got me started. Because I said, "Wow, how would you like to own an animal that looked like that?" Right. And um, and so, you know, I was always hoping I'd have one. But then, things started to fall into place for me uh, because I was wor- I was working hard. I was doing things I enjoyed doing. Um, and and then I got government. Then I met some people that were an influence in my life. You know, Hudson, who went to school with me was my experience of going to the races with him and his dad and his brother and um, we were partners in our first horse and I, I don't know when that but that would have been probably 
I don't know, 1980-something, and uh, we, bought, we we claimed two horses. And horse guys remember these things because they stand out in your mind. Of course. And we claimed, we claimed two horses for fifteen grand apiece. And and one of them was a horse named Cornstalk Road. <laughs> I like him already. Cornstalk Road. And the other one's name was Dross, D-R-O-S-S. Okay. And, and we, 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 had, we paid 15000 apiece at the claiming box. And I then feel like that's up, a lot for the 80s. Am I wrong? Was uh, what? Yeah, no, 16, no, that, that would be low end. It, that was it low end, average. It was $5,000 yeah. level, but it was, it was still, you know, 25 would have been a high claiming price or a 30. Right. 15 wasn't bad. That, that, was, that was like 19, um, what would that have been? Like, I, I'm assuming that would be somewhere around mid-1980s or something like that. And uh, so, so, so anyway, one of them, Cornstalk Road, the first race we take him up to Turfway, and he breaks out of the gate, you know, drops everybody and has gone. Oh, and geez. we're up there. We'd gone up there at night. You know, my, my partner lived in Western Kentucky. He came up, and we go up the races. We're all excited because we know we're going to win because he's been training great. Right. And so, so we pull. We we get in. We're all right there, ready to go. Before the gate breaks, he jumps out and he just takes off. And we're oh. watching him run all the way around the track. Oh, by no, himself. I hate to and laugh, he, but we've all and, been there. And, and then he jumps over the fence. Okay? Oh, no. oh no! And I oh, think, no. oh my God, he's gone. He's you know you don't insure it for fifteen thousand dollar horse. Sure. And and I'm assuming his career's over. And he and I'm not kidding you when I tell you he scraped every inch on his body. I'm not kidding. I mean, he oh, fell on no. the ground. He he hit the fence. So. We didn't get to run him for like six months, and you know, after being that excited, thinking we were going to <laughs> win a pot and all that, it was pr- it was a pretty excruciating experience. But what happened was he came back, and and then then this horse turned out to be quirky because he he loved he loved running at Ellis Park, and he loved running at Churchill Downs, and he hated Keeneland, and he hated Turfway. Now remember, we're gamblers at that point of our life. Sure. And so, once we found that out, then when we'd go to Ellis Park before we'd go, you know, we'd run him at Keeneland because he he couldn't run an ounce there. And then he finish eighth, ninth, or tenth. <laughs> and then we go down to Ellis Park, and then he'd win by five. I love so, it. So you know, we finally lost that. We couldn't do it anymore. But we also did the thing, same thing, you know, with going, you know, from Churchill Downs up to Turfway. Uh, so we can always get a good bet, but you know, it's, and believe me, at that time, winning a hunt, going from from uh, you know for a fifteen thousand dollars horse and winning over a hundred grand, those were good purses back yes. then. Yes, yeah. I mean, we were doing well and we were gambling well. And then the other horse, Dross, was just a hard knocker, just a hard knocker. He won probably four photos in the time we had him. He was he and he was consistent everywhere he ran hard. So that was a good experience. Probably the worst could happen to us if we were, turned out to be big, big gamblers. But we were both doing business and stuff that we were doing all right. We didn't need to do that. But I never lost my my uh, my desire to, to be in the business. And yeah, the what? one thing that always made me nervous was the, the scandal scoundrels that could be in the business. <laughs> well, that's you know it's interesting you bring that up because I I was on a phone call yesterday with someone and I had I actually said it was a new potential client that was looking to possibly invest in one of our horses and they started talking about the scrupule the scruples and the scrupulousness of some people in the industry and it's interesting that you've been able to dodge that so how did you um and I'm going to say part two what what kind of advice would you give for people who are owners now to dodge those people. Well, I, I probably had a couple of dealings with some, but not big time. But but what I would tell you is, and, and is for me, if there's scuttlebutt about somebody on the racetrack that isn't good, just listen to it. Don't don't yep. turn don't turn away from it. Yep. And I could give you a list of those people, but I won't. But we'll that, do that off the air. We'll true. do that off the yeah, air. Yeah, well, fine. that's all right. I tell you, I mean, there, <laughs> there have been a lot of them over the years. But but the point being is. There aren't many people that are going to be successful in a regular business, much less successful in a business that, that's as difficult as horse racing. And yes, it, it, it is difficult. Michelle and I talk about it all the time. I'm going to turn it over to Michelle. I know she has a question. Uh, Bruce, I just want to talk about how do you feel like you have evolved as an owner to continuously stay in love with the game? Because, you know, like you said, you started out as, as gamblers, and that was a lot of fun. So how do you compare yourself now to then? 
Well, I, you know, I, I would I would tell you that uh, that that basically the gambling instincts are good for you, but they are like playing a poker game. And it's good for me that that I got a good job and got out of the got into the horse business for my gambling because I if if they'd have had poker at the level they were playing it, you know. At 15 years later, I'd have probably been a poker player, and I'd probably <laughs> wound up putting a gun to my head. Um, we don't want but, that. But, yeah, but so I got in it, and my career did fairly well. And you know, I worked for a governor at one point, and you know, I was in politics for a while. But I always had a lot going on, and I and I still do, for that matter. And I'm 75 years old, so it's 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 easy it's easy to look at it. But this is what I will tell you: is this is my number one rule with everybody. If you're really going to go into something that you're going to put your heart and soul in it, I said, you better find some mentors. Mm-hmm. And I did. I was very close to W.T. Young. I was very close, you know, developed it with Seth Hancock. I was, you uh-huh. know, Greg's, Greg's dad. I talked to a lot of people in, that were in the industry, many successful and have done well. And I think that was my first good start. And I get all kinds of funny stories like everybody. I mean, you know, I've had different people train for me over the years. But in the end, I stuck pretty much, you know, to pretty much to the center of the road. You know, Al, I mean, I, I've had several guys train. The first guy I had trained was a guy named Phil Thomas. Yep. I'm star- Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop huh? you. I'm going to stop you really quick because I brought up Dross on Equibase. Yep. I don't know how long you owned him. Michelle, you're going to like this. 77 starts, yes! 16 firsts, 11 seconds, 7 thirds. He earned $118,947. Now, I don't know how long you had him in this whole claim, but I love horses who make 77 career starts. Well, And he, he was trained he, he by was Phil Thomas. Hard, he was trained by Phil Thomas. Hard, and, and a hard knocker. A hard knocker. And that makes a difference. Cornstalk Road was a little more like a dancer you know he could get over the ground he was unbelievable on slop and of course we knew more about his idiosyncrasies than anybody else so we always knew when to bet a lot and when not to and uh so it was fun you know obviously they were great great way to learn and uh, and that was back when ellis park had some real characters down there and um you know you had you had vets and all that stuff and phil you know phil was just a, a real hard boot but he wasn't a promoter. He couldn't. He couldn't get out of his own way about trying to get clients, and had a pretty decent temper. All those things are kind of kind of complex for you. Yeah, they're but, complex. But that sounds like a lot of trainers these days. Uh, Michelle, uh, I know you have another question. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, you were saying that you have so many great stories. I want to know your best story. Yeah, I do too. Well, let's see if I can think of my. I best want the story. best one. You can, and it could be a gambling story. It could be a hard luck story. Horse it could be story, a great story. Yeah. Well, you know, you were in the good shit. stories are the ones that something good happened. Okay. The funny stories are the one where some something bad happens, right? Right. And it's it's only interesting that to the extent that, and, and he'd hate me for telling this story. No, we want but, this. But but we no you won't tell him okay. <laughs> but I will tell I will say this that that I have a great relation, great relationship with Al Stahl and Al's pretty conservative. You know his dad was a, it was a, yep, good on man. the commission in, in Louisiana and all that stuff and and I love Al and and Al Al uses jury too to help him with his horses and so uh, anyway and in this one Hudson Hudson was down Ellis Park. He had all these guys he knew, and so so we got he he got word from a guy that that said, hey, I've been galloping this horse, and this horse is unbelievably fast, and he's gonna he's gonna run at Churchill on the opening day or something like that, for, you know, the one year out there, and I I forget his name now, but he, so he was in the gate for maiden twenty five, you know, that's a pretty pretty easy number to reach up and take. Sure. So we we told Al we didn't want anybody to know it was going to be us. But to go, go get the horse, claim claim the horse, bring it back, and we'll be our horse for the year because he's going to be able to make a lot of money. So Al, Al goes down to, to get the claim, walking back with him. And, of course, the horse looked like you think he would. He looked like he had the mange. I mean, you know, he was skinny Ooh, and all this stuff. Right. So Al, on his own instincts, just decided, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to save their money. Oh, wow. Well, they put the horse in the gate, and he wins by about 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> 
and 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 I'm and I'm going, oh man, what a deal! Yeah. And we get down there and I see Al coming, and it's like the doctor coming to you with bad news in the yep. hospital. And I'm going, oh man! So Al then tells us. And of course, I, I didn't get too upset about it, but but Greg, who'd found out all the information, it's all set up, made a big bet. Everything you can oh, think of. Oh my goodness! And and so, you know, we didn't use Al for a while. I mean, I've used him a few times since, but I'm telling you, Al said, I wake up at night and I see that horse running down the lane, and he goes, I feel like such an idiot. Anyway, uh, you know, it happens to all of us, though. My, that's probably my best story. That is a great story. Bruce Lunsford joining us here on the Owner's Box. All right, let's get to it. You know, if you look at uh, social media after the Pegasus, there were tweets galore that were like, you know, I could have looked at this race 700 times, but I, I, and I still couldn't have come up with Art Collector. Before the race, were you Some confident? Yeah, were you confident? Were you, were you, what were you thinking going in this race? Cause I mean, you were, I think 17 to 1, am I right, Michelle? 17 to 1, 16 to 1? Well, we actually went off, we, we, we were going to went off, go off at nineteen or twenty to one, and then it went down to fifteen to one or something. Yeah, like in the last two minutes. So what were what what were you thinking? Like were, when you go into this race? I mean, I I I'm a sicko, and I think Michelle's a little bit like me. Like if we have a horse running, we're in the megahertz. Let's say on Saturday, I've already analyzed the, the, the what race. We're in the megahertz stakes at Santa Anita on Saturday. Oh yeah. So I'm okay, I've already like looked at every video that every horse in the race has run. I've you know analyzed the form. I can't wait till the sheets come out. Were you like that going into the Pegasus? Is that your style? And if you are, what were you thinking? Well, in in a race that magnitude, the pot's so big. I don't get too into it. I have a couple of little, you know, cheat sheets in terms like everybody does that I kind of look at because I respect the people doing it. But but by and large, you know, I I I bet I bet my horses. I don't bet against my horses. Right. Um, ones I like, I'll bet across the board, which I did on that race. I you know also got lucky and hit the pick three and the pick four. All that accumulated. God, so I, I wish I called okay. you. I wish I called you well, before the day. Well, I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you anything. Cause <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm asking. Like, like, were you I, I, were you confident when people can? Hey, do you like your horse? Everybody does that, right? What do you say? Well, no. Here, here's here's what I said. I, I said I think he's got a good chance to hit the board, and I'm reading the form and I'm looking at all this stuff and I'm going. Uh, you know, and and Louis Louis and his agent, who've been are friends and all that stuff, they took Miller's horse. Yes. Um, because they they liked the way he ran in the cigar mile and this and that whatever. Yeah. And and I'm and I'm scratching my head, going, what's that all about? You know, I mean, first of all, I'm not a big fan of Peter Miller for obvious reasons. I understand. In any of in in any event, in any event, he they they took it. I talked to Kieran myself, and and he says, you know. The jock, the jock, uh, he wants me to give him his best hope. And I said, the horse has got good rag numbers and this and that. And, of course, I'm scratching my head on this one. Right. But but, it, but I know from Bill and going to see him and looking at him that he's got him through all his problems, which have all been basically a, a hoof that can come back any time. Sure. And, you know, he, he, did, he heard it right before the derby, and it's always been a constant drain. Um, but, he, you know, he, I said, the horse is doing good. He's doing solid. Uh, well, then I looked at the form, and I don't think I'm a bad form reader. And I said, you know, if he runs his race, there's nobody in here with maybe the, you know, uh, cycle, whatever the guy horse's name was, that uh, the uh, Cox had. Cyberknife. I didn't. Uh, yeah, Cyberknife. I didn't think anybody else had the back class he had. No, I didn't either. So, I don't think a lot of people so, did. So, so when people ask me, when people ask me, I would say, you know, I think we'll hit the board. And several of my friends just bet it across the board because they knew I did. Uh, now, when I say bet, I don't mean go crazy. I'm not that kind of gambler. But if I bet $70 across or $100 across, you probably know I like my horse. Right. Well, in this case, I, I bet 50 across. But okay. I did hit the pick three and the pick four. And that, that <laughs> That's was, so good. And, and the double. I love that. that was a pretty good healthy bet. I love <laughs> that. that the, it wasn't healthy. It was just a good bet. Yeah, I love the 500 that you probably bet with all the horizontals and verticals and everything. And, and by the way, you, you just want a, like a $3 million race. Like you haven't even That's talked right. about the purse. Well, so so anyway, and, and I did. I didn't even know how much I won, and I bet on Twin Spires, so I didn't know till after the race. And uh, when I looked down at what I'd gone from to what I did, I went, "Oh my God, I can't believe this!" Yeah. And then that was before all the other stuff started happening. There you and go. So it was just it was a great experience, and I had good friends that were there and you know a lot of them are real they love the game man they love it they get on their knees to bet on the horse and to get get into the race you know 
and and so so any, anyway, we we finished it, and there, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but this is funny because I was exhilarated, and, and I'm not a big drink or anything, so I didn't have all that going on, but you know, I had three guys that we watched it in the in the uh, in the paddock because we didn't want to be out in the crowd. We were up there where they got the big TVs, and we watched it, and of course, two of my friends who own nothing in on the horse, they bet it pretty 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 solidly, and when he crossed the finish line. One of them, who's an ex ex uh, athlete, uh, and was in and was a pilot, he hit me from the back. I felt like I'd been hit, you know, <laughs> with a penalty or something. And then one of the others, who's eighty three years old, ran across and hit me in the shoulder. And I said, "I'm losing it." And the guy who's eighty three years old, his son came from the other direction. Well, by the time I got ready to go out there, I was I felt like I'd played a football game. Oh my goodness! Um, that's the best. So that's the best there, hurt. Huh? That's the best hurt, though. Oh yeah, and 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 when I crossed into the to the to the uh, water circle, Scott Hazel, Scott Hazelton caught me, and said, "Hey, can can we talk to you right now? Can we talk to you?" I said, "Well, yeah, sure." And I'm excited. I got that sure. my art collector hat on and stuff, and so I get in there, and and I'm laughing, and I'm laughing the whole. And, and he did the interview on his on his Twitter. You can see it. Yeah, and you can tell I'm just beside myself happy, but I'm funny and I'm laughing and smiling and all that stuff. And, uh, and you know, Marty McGee was on the other side. He was laughing at me because he's known me for 40 years. And, and the whole thing was just exhilarating. I mean, it was so exhilarating, I couldn't believe it. And so you go through that, and you can. See, and when I looked at it and see myself, I go, wow, I had no idea I was that happy. Um, and so, so there's, there's just times that the business does things for you nothing else can do. Nothing else. <clears throat> That's amazing you know. that you said that. Absolutely. I, I say it all the time as far as the adrenaline rush and winning a race. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a $16,000 claiming race with a horse you claimed or a $3 million Pegasus World Cup. You... It, that's why we're in this game. We're in this game to compete, and and I feel it from you. And not only the the gambling aspect and the ownership aspect, the passion. And if and you've yeah. mentioned it, if you're gonna ha- if you're gonna be in this game, you better be passionate about it. And so it's great respect and. Uh, I can tell you that I I didn't see it coming, and I think a lot of people didn't see it coming. And I'm happy for you guys that you did uh, that you did see it coming. I'm going to turn it over to Michelle for one last question. Okay, All I can't you believe are. you guys. You know that was my that was my long shot horse on the CBS Sports line was nice. my collector in my head to head wager. So I was very excited. Uh, Bruce, just selfishly, I want to know what you're going to do with Art Collector next. Well, okay, let, I'll give you my philosophy about the horse business where I think we're making a mistake. I don't think you can take these horses off the track that are good. I think that's a mistake. I think that's hurting the business. You know, I came up through with with periods where a horse like Dross. Look at Dross's race record. Sure, we just talked about that. Wait, let me, Bruce, I'm going to stop you real quick before you go on because you said something important that I had read when we were knew you were going to come on, and that was there was an announcement that Art Collector was going to stud this year, and something happened. Are we allowed to talk Uh, about that? Well, I, I can. It there really wasn't that big a deal. It was just that we were we just announced that he was going to stand at Claiborne. We okay. didn't say when he was going to get there. Perfect. Okay. Yep. And uh, and and I'm and I'm not changing my mind about that. Right. Because I was going to let this race tell us what to do. Well, you you couldn't you couldn't tie me down and get me to retire him yet. I mean, I'm going to watch him run until he, you know till the end of the year if I can. And if, especially if he's not hurt, not doing anything wrong, and if he if he does get hurt, we'll wait for another race or something. Sure. But but the but the big part to me is is when I tell you this, I love the way the way Zenyatta was handled. Yep. Get them out there on the racetrack. I love the way Cigar was handled. Get them out on the racetrack. I even I even like the way they handled Gunrunner. Yep. Why would you take a horse that's live off the racetrack other than for greed? Yeah. I don't know why you'd do that. So I, I, game, I, I hate you do that. Yeah, I hate to bring this up. So I, I imagine you're not crazy about what happened with Flightline. Well, I wasn't surprised. You know how they let all the the talk around. I mean, I would think like there are guys in that group I really like, like Terry sure. Finley. I don't think he would want to would have done that. I mean, right. I can't tell you who would, who had the triggers, who could pull it. But that's one of the reasons I own my horses. Yep. That's a great. That's a great. I don't point. want somebody else telling me what to do. You know, it, Not it, in that instance. it is it is one of the things that I think our sport struggles with, and you you hit it right on the head. Is that the second we get a star, they're in the breeding shed, they're retired because it's because the the breeding business and the money, the financials are are driving the racing business, 
And it's very difficult for those of us who love the sport and love the game and want it to prosper and want these stars to run and see them. I mean, listen, I grew up with, in the, you know, one of my races that I always talk about is J.O. Tobin beating Seattle Slough in the swaps at, at, at Hollywood Park. They, they brought the slew out. Like, there are, it's rare to get horses like that anymore. So I, I, I personally, I want to say thank you for, for keeping this horse running and, and, you know, and enjoying it. That's right. And enjoy every minute of it. And here's, here's, there have been a few that have been held out there. They did do it. I mean, let's, let's put it this way. We didn't have this kind of purse money, retirement money. I mean, is, I don't think you can look at at a horse that races six times and say he's one of the greats of the business. He didn't carry 136 or eight pounds like right. Forgo. Right. He didn't, he didn't race for all that period of time or any of that stuff. You know, if you take a horse and, and could get six braces out of him over a three-year period and pick your spots, or everything, he was out four years, and you can't win the kind of money they won, then your horse wasn't really very good to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all those things play in my mind because why would you have a great horse and not enjoy the experience? Yep. You know, great points. Great points. Bruce Lunsford, listen, we promised you like 15 minutes and we've gone almost a half hour and it felt like it was 10 minutes. So we we appreciate it. We know you're very, very busy. Um, congratulations with Art Collector. We hope you look. Hopefully we'll see him out here at Santa Anita, maybe for uh, for the Breeders' Cup. That's a possibility, right? Well, I, I don't know about I don't know about that. I think they're going to run a race out there. An extension of this race, aren't they? That, well, I think it would be. I don't know if that's this year. They've talked about that, the Pegasus West Coast or version or whatever they're doing. I don't. Really, I didn't. Yeah, maybe didn't it's really next year. But I mean, we have this little thing called the Breeders' Cup. It's not a big deal for you. I mean, you're used to winning three million dollar races anyway. So, you know, and you just. Well, they haven't been great experiences for me. <laughs> I've been in a few of them. You know, well, I mean, the only really good one, though, by the way, was Art was uh, was was the mother of 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 the the Stored Legacy. She ran fourth in Churchill in the three million dollar, you know, race that the Europeans usually dominate. The turf, and, Breeders' Cup turf, and, and, and it, was, it was the year that that Atfield won it, uh, and we were we were fourth, and we got beat. You know, we got beat half half a, half ahead. For, for second and maybe two more links to him. But well, I was pretty excited that day because that was a good pot. I, of course. There's big pots this November. When you're out here with our collector, Michelle and I expect we'll buy you a beer or Michelle likes champagne, just so you know. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I do like champagne, yeah. She likes champagne, Bruce, so uh, we'll make that happen. Well, I, I'm not a champagne drinker and I don't even drink very much anymore, but you know, I always enjoy a good, a good evening out, so there we'll you, figure it out. We'll so. figure it out. We wish you the best of luck. Congratulations Bruce, one more thank time. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Okay, well, if I'm ever to track when you're there, please please uh, make a point to come up and say hi. Okay? Absolutely, my friend. 100%. Absolutely. Bruce Lunsford here okay. on the Thank owner's box. Have, Thanks, have Bruce. A great, have, have a great day. You too. Thank you. That's Bruce. That's cool, Michelle. Good job. He, honestly, like, he talked so much. That was, like, so great. We didn't even get in, like, silly things like his silks or anything. I want to have <laughs> one again. Do you know what's so funny? I was actually thinking about that. Like, I was like, when is Michelle going to ask him why the silks are black and pink? We literally leapfrogged from, like, his 15,000 claimer to his Pegasus World Cup winner and missed every horse in between. I have a fi- – it's funny – it's funny people in the horse business, and I'm a little bit like this too, and I pro- you're probably are too. Like we remember strange things. Like I can't remember what I had for dinner last night, but I can remember right. you know Lord Grillo beating uh, Silver Charm in the Malibu, you know, right. <laughs> like or a race that I bet that that I got nosed out, you know, or something like that. It's just it's so it, it's so wild what this business can do. And he said it right. He's like this business. And and being a horse owner is just it's different than anything else. I mean, he was he was very succinct in saying that. He was and, great, and that's that's what we believe, and that's why we're doing the show. So, yeah. um, all right, what's coming up at uh, Santa Anita this weekend, Michelle? Uh, coming up at Santa Anita is so much, Billy. Really, it's so much that you have to look it up because you weren't prepared for me to say that. Yes, yes, I wasn't prepared for you to say that. Well, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about you know. Uh, let's listen. We went. We did a whole Pegasus recap at the beginning of the show, so we could, could forget about all that. But let's. There are some good stakes races. I I'm in the. Uh, I mentioned to Bruce we're in the megahertz, which I think is megahertz. an outstanding mm-hmm. race. Like, do you look at that race? Uh, I have not yet, to be honest with you. 
I'm just going to tell you who's I in this race. Ready? Okay. Bay Storm yeah. shipping in from uh, from uh, Gulfstream, who just ran third oh, in the Suwannee River. Hamwood Flyer for Phil. You know that horse. Really fast, okay. gray yeah. horse. Nadette, who ran second in the Autumn Miss. Closing Remarks, who's been a gem of consistency for Carla Gaines and Harris Farms. One Silk yeah. Stocking, who was really impressive winning one other than Down the Hill for our good friend Bill Strauss. School Dance right. for our good friend Mark Martinez who just finished second by a head to Rhea Moon in the American Oaks. Quatrell for our good pet friend uh, Tim Cohen, ran, uh, Rancho Temescal for Jeff Mullins, and, and wow. our, our little filly, Oakhurst, who ran fourth by a length in the American Oaks at 45-1. Oh. to 1. This is stacked. It's a really good this race. seriously stacked. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good race for a grade three for 100,000. I, I think it's a really good race. On the card, on this is on Saturday, you also have the Bob Lewis. I don't really want to get into this, Michelle, because it's basically yeah. what you and I talked about for the past two episodes. Uh, all four horses are trained by Bob Baffert. Uh, it is, I find it, uh, Billy Soapbox, absolutely embarrassing that there are no horses that can either take him on or not run out nominated. here. Or, not even nominated. Yeah, it's, and you have Zaydan with a $600,000 horse. You have the F SF Group with Starlight and Madiket, $850,000. That's Newgate. Worcester, who's a maiden. And then hard to figure for the, for the three amigos, Pagram, Watson, and Whiteman. So um, right. it's going to be interesting to see if anybody actually bets on this race. Um, I did talk to Tom Ryan, and maybe I'll save this for next week about just some theories on this. So I'll save it for next did week. Did you ask Tom Ryan to send, like, one horse to every trainer with, like, under 20 head at the track just to see what happens? No, I didn't. But I will, I will tell you about it. I will tell you about it. You also have the grade three Thunder Road. So three grade threes on Saturday, and they're all and really good races. Too. There's grade one winners in that race. Yeah, this is a really, really good day yeah. of racing at Santa Anita on Saturday, and we can tell you that it, the weather is supposed and to be great. Perfect. And don't forget, we do have the Coast to Coast Pick 5, which is Gulf Street Park in Santa Anita. We still have the Golden Hour going on. And uh, on track, it is the taste of Miami. Ooh, Miami! Water yeah, so clear Miami. you could see to the, water so clear you could see to the bottom. Hundred thousand dollar cars, everybody got them. Everybody got them. I love it. Uh, I forgot the Grade Two Santa Monica is also on Saturday. Oh my gosh, so busy. Yeah, crazy, right? Um, yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's it. Perfect. Okay, Michelle. Well, uh, thank you we'll to Bruce you Lunsford. Thank you to everybody who sponsors the show. Thank you to all our listeners. I mean, Santa Anita and Del Mar, they're always great. Um, TaylorMade, we're hoping it comes back. We had a great meeting with them. We actually had a great meeting with OBS the other day. We had a great meeting with Toba. We have some really cool people that we think we're going to feature on the show coming up in the next couple yep. of weeks. So thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll be back next week with another fun-filled edition of the Owner's Box. Bye.